0: I'm Wes Breitenbach.
1: I'm Jessica Breitenbach.
0: And our big idea is don't go to college.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big Ideas Welcome podcast. This is Chris McAdoo. as always honored to be in your ears and back with, well, a throwback episode. It's just a conversation with Wes and Jess Breitenbach of Crown Upholstery here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Proud members of the Maker City, which you should learn more about at themakercity.org. But Wes and Jess have built a not just a business, but a life together over a couple decades. A decade here in Knoxville that has seen their business grow and grow and grow. They talk about college. They talk about not going. They talk about what it means to be a skilled craftsperson. Who do you surround yourself with to learn? Who do you share that life with? Who do you share that community with? They take an absolutely amazing, thoughtful, intentional approach to their craft and to their business. And I think you're going to love this conversation as much as I did. It will challenge your thinking about what that path is, what societal expectations think you should do versus what's right for you in your life. As always, Big Ideas Welcome is brought to you by the Knoxville Entrepreneur Center, a business accelerator located right in the heart of downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, learn more at knoxec.com. Also, a shout out to Jalen Baker. I hope you have enjoyed these last few episodes with our 100 100 Knoxville mentors and entrepreneurs as much as I have. We've got a few more of those coming your way in the new year and then season three is on its way. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy making it and as much as the team enjoys bringing it to you. Here we go. Let's challenge some assumptions. Let's dig into craft and community with Wes and Jess Breitenbach of Crown Upholstery.
0: I'm Wes Breitenbach.
1: I'm Jessica Breitenbach.
0: And together we own and operate Crown Upholstery here in Knoxville. And our big idea is don't go to college. So don't go to school. Listen,
2: all my friends go Carson Newman Eagles, you know, go Maryville Scotts. go to UT Vols. But when you say don't go to college, I know it's slightly tongue-in-cheek, but it comes from years of sort of hard, hard-fought learning experience, both as practitioners of a craft and as business people. So what makes you, you know, what, where did that big idea come from?
0: Uh, well, I've uh, seen a lot of my friends Um, spend a lot of time, effort, and money in college and get multiple degrees only to not use them and to go on to do something else. Um, And I I think that maybe they had found that something else through that process. But uh, I, at an early age, um, figured out that I was probably not going to be attending college. And so it made it difficult for me to even have the desire to finish high school. Um, uh, because I just didn't even I didn't even know where I was going to go or where I was going I knew I wasn't going to end up down that route. i'm I'm forty eight, and so when I was going to school, college was just pushed really hard. You were gonna be a loser if you didn't go to college. And so I was just gonna try to figure out how I would continue on my life as a loser. <laughs> then uh, when I found when I found uh, you know the craft of upholstery, um, it really I saw people, um, you know, just as grandparents were living and working out of their home. And I was like, wow, that's a really nice environment to be in. Um, not having to worry about playing with others or anything. you can just, make up your own schedule, do your own stuff. Um, and so that definitely was a, was a big attractant to me for that craft. Um, and then I have also seen many other friends who are in craft-related industries, whether they're potters, painters, um, you know, sculptors, the myriad of other crafts. Um, and they were very successful too. Some of them went to college, some of them didn't go to college. Um, you know, but I think that um, the, the college route is definitely necessary for um, – you know. I got a great doctor that went to college – and that's important, um, but the uh, you know I don't think that that is is necessarily a, ra- a route that you have to be funneled into. I think that they need to kind of broaden things out, and and with the um, the education system that it is right now, especially in in the uh, the high school, middle school, industrial arts isn't even really available. A lot of those opportunities for people to even see, you know, and and with schools kind of just pushing towards tests and getting test results. So you can get your SAT or ACT and go off to college and then like, then figure it out. It's, it's, it, it, it puts people, I hate to see young people starting out their life in huge debt. You know, I think that's kind of unfair. You know, I, I think that they definitely miss a lot of opportunity to explore themselves. You know, and I know that a lot of people find stuff in college and they go to college and explore, it, but that's a very expensive route to take to, to learn some lessons.
2: Well, talk about those those lessons. And Jess, having your family come from you know upholstery, right? But you could also say the same for any skilled trade, right? Like a mechanic, a plumber, a craftsman, any any sort of craftsman. Um, you said something really important there. You know, talking about they're working from home, so it's a quality of life, not just a quantity.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And I I would like to see the conversation maybe for young people to open up about apprenticeships. You know, and what that is and what that looks like and what that leads to as opposed to, like Wes was saying, going to college and just signing up for that automatic debt. You know, going in and actually learning something that's hands-on that you can then, you know, have either your own business or, you know, just a, a different route. And I don't even know that kids these days know what an apprenticeship would end up being, you know, for real life.
0: Yeah, there was a time where you did not get paid for an apprenticeship. You went in and you, your, your payment right. was learning this craft. Yeah. Um, you know, I spent um, – I, I was fortunate enough to where, you know, when I started working for Jess's grandparents, um, you know, they did pay me uh, in the shop. But um, at the same time, you know, I tore furniture down for a long time before I got a chance to start putting it back together. And I think that our our society is kind of – has that instant gratification sort of, um, you know, uh, culturally. They, they're just like, you know, I want to order it now. I want to get it now. I want it at the door now. <laughs> And, you know, learning things, it just it's the complete opposite of that. It's lots of trial and error. You know, I've been doing this for over 25 years and I'm still learning new things. I'm still getting projects in that I've never done before and I'm still having to figure those things out. Um, And so it is it is definitely, um, you know, us working for ourselves. um, We did start out working at home, so it was a very good quality of life thing. We're able to raise a kid and um, go and do a lot of things on our own time. And then um, now that we've gotten to the point where we've grown so much and we've hired on people, you know, we're, we we say that we used to work for ourselves and now we work for them because you know you have to you know you have to pay people well. You know, I mean, you you can't expect um, people to come in and want to be at work and want to do a good job if they're worried about trying to pay their bills or how they're going to make ends meet and stuff like that. And that's also as business owners very difficult to both find people that are good and qualified that don't want to run their own business. Um, and then also be able to pay them well, you know. So
1: well, I will say that there's 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 two different sides to our business. There's the the craft side of it, which of course takes many many years of many many mistakes to figure out how to you know do what we do. But then there's also the business side of it, which you know involves a lot of years of and, mistakes and, absolutely, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. And then there's the client relations. There's there's so many facets to what we do that. You know, we have a good group of people who are really, really talented at what they do, um, and we like to think that, you know, they know how much we value them by what we pay them, but also, you know, the quality of life that we're, you know, offering everybody. But they went out and they said, you know what, we like to do what we like to do. We want to focus on the craft and not have to. Do all these other things, you know, figure out how to do the accounting, how to, you know, uh, interact with those schedules and pickups and deliveries. And, you know, there's all of that. So I think it's, you know, kind of trying to figure out, at least with us, it works out on both sides. You know, Wes is a very, very good upholsterer. He is very good at what he does. I like to think I'm pretty okay. Very good at accounting, very good at numbers. (laughs) At at that side of it, you know, that and then, you know, as far as like keeping all the moving parts and pieces together too, you know, we have lots of furniture that comes in and out of our door and sometimes it comes to us and then has to go to the wood shop and then, you know, who has what and where is it and how did it get here and when's it coming back?
0: And I think that, um, you know, there, there is definitely a place for college. You know, if you're going to be starting a business and, and, and if you're a crafter and you are going out and you're going to make that step forward, I mean, it makes sense to go to a community college or go somewhere and take some business classes. So, I mean, they do have some value, but you don't have to go 70, 80, $100,000 in debt to go take some business classes down at Pellissippi or, or even here at KEC or, you know, wherever you want to go learn about how to do those things, um, you can definitely take a, a much more discounted route and still, you know, walk away with, with the good information and how to run your business.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, I learned what I know because I dabbled a small bit in the corporate world. Many, many moons ago. Yeah. Um, and I started out in an accounting department um, at a company that was a you know, pretty good size out in Arizona. Um, and so I had some very basic knowledge of accounting from that. You know, So I was able to take that um, once I realized I didn't want to continue to wear a watch or pantyhose ever again, um, <laughs> take what I learned from that and be able to build our business. Well,
2: for so many makers right like and and you you know this this show we have makers we have artists we have um we have technologists we have all kinds of people that listen to this and one of the things that i really want always in each of these conversations is for people to find more in common than they do apart mm-hmm. and one of the things that's scary for everybody regardless of if you're a painter right or if you are the next, you know, building the next breakthrough technology, right, through ORNL or something like that, is people are terrified of the business side of whatever it is that they are doing. Mm -hmm. And I think all too often it's because of... I mean, some would call it an imposter syndrome, but it could also be just due to like, well... That's not something I'm qualified to
0: do. Imposter syndrome is one of those things that it, it can infect every, every aspect. aspect of everything oh, that sure. you do from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. And, um, I mean, there are still times, you know, after all the years that we've been doing this, that I still question whether we're good enough to be doing something or we should be doing, you know, like, how, how did we even get here? So I you want know? to touch
1: on on what you were saying with, you know, the the fear, right, the business side fear. And what are we afraid of? We're afraid of the IRS, Right. We're afraid of going to tax jail, right? We're afraid of everything crumbling down because we put the decimal point in the wrong spot. When when it comes down to it, the IRS does not want to have to call you, you know? They don't want to do that. Every Everything that you're afraid of, all of those underlying things, they all want you to succeed. So if you are figuring something out and you're going, oh my gosh, should the decimal point be here or here? reach out, reach out to somebody, reach out to anybody, reach out to the KEC, reach out to, you know, call the IRS. They're people. They're gonna answer the phone, and you're gonna say, "I need help," and they're gonna say, "We can help you." They don't you want to. You for a little while." You might say, might." You know, you might you have to plan your you're, plan you know, your day around the phone call. You're gonna pay but,
0: somewhere. You're either yeah. paying in money or you're gonna pay in time. Right. You're gonna pay somehow. every
1: everybody, every person behind whatever fear that you have wants you to succeed. They might not know you. They might not know what you're making, creating, whatever. But they're not. They don't. They don't want to come and take you to IRS jail you know nobody wants that so whatever that fear is if you look it in the face and say okay well what is that really it, it's not going to be much you know and if it's if it's a knowledge thing and you don't have the knowledge then then reach out to yeah like the KEC there's there's mentors everywhere that can help you with whatever when we first started Even before we hired anybody, when we were thinking about hiring people, I went, I don't even know what I don't know. I don't even know what to ask. I don't even know how to figure out the things that I don't even know I'm going to have an issue with. So I reached out, now this has been a while ago, so I probably started with the KEC, and they set me up with a mentor who ran the payroll department for, and I wish I could remember the lady's name because she helped so much. And I sat down with her, and we sat down in her office for maybe an hour, hour and a half, something like that. And I went, I don't even know what questions to ask. And she said, OK, we're going to start with this question. And off we went. And it was so helpful and helped in so many facets that I still would go back to those notes that I took you know, years later and go, oh, yeah, that's it. So there's so many people out there, and everybody wants everybody else to succeed. I mean, I don't know anybody who's like, I hope they fail. Like, th- nobody's like that. You know, and if they are, they're not running in any of our circles. Yeah. You know, so I feel like anybody reaching out, and if you're like, "Oh, well, this is probably a really stupid question." No, it's not. There is literally no, no stupid questions, especially going into into business or accounting or or any of that, because there's so much unknowns, the things we don't even know we don't even know.
0: Well, I think you can use that fear. Uh, you know, fear and excitement are very close uh, emotions. Um, oh, yes. And so yeah. I think that you can use that fear as, you know, instead of using that fear, like seeing that fear and pulling your sail down, you can use that fear as wind for your sail because it's going to push you somewhere. You know, you either, you're either you either going to have to just shut down and be like, I'm afraid, or you're going to have to just move forward and use that fear to push you forward. Um, you know, there's been lots of times over the years where we have been very fearful of situations, and but we look back and we go, well, we've made it through other things, so we're just going to keep the sale up and keep going forward. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, it's to, to look back now and go and, and, you know, you know, travel back in time and tell myself everything's going to be okay. It's that going to help because I'm still, I was still scared back then, you know, I was still nervous. I was, I was relying on trying to support not just a family, but then a house and pay for all these other things. And, you know, it's all coming from your hands and you think about, you know, if I'm walking down the stairs and trip and fall and break my arm, we're done, you know, and, you know, and, and that kind of leads up to now we have to the point where we've grown to where we've purchased real estate. Um, you know, we have purchased um, commercial and residential real estate. Um, you know, we have employees and all these other, and there's all fears that come with that because what if I don't bring in enough work to pay these people or, or what if I, you know, I can't make my, my bills. And so, I mean, that that's definitely fears, but those have all been sort of pushed aside because I keep looking back and I go, every time I get that fear, it's handled. Every time I get this fear, it gets taken care of. And so you just have to kind of put that faith in yourself. And like Jessica was saying, putting that faith in the system, you know there are people that want to see you succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see how people withdraw. But like I said, you need to use that fear to, to help propel yourself forward.
2: Well, the fear never goes away. No. No. It only <laughs> grows because, I mean, I can speak from personal experience. And I always make this joke that if I'm the smartest person in a room... Yeah, I better get out of that room. Right. (laughs) Right. And so you you it's actually from a both as a creator or as a craftsperson as well as just like a human living in the world. Like how boring would it be if you stopped being afraid, meaning like, oh, you figured us all this stuff out.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 Mm -hmm. a part of it. You know, I um, I see, um, you know, we have everything that we're doing has been done before. I'm not doing anything new. Um, you know, there have been generations of upholsters before us. There's been generations of woodworkers before us. There's been generations of, you know, stone masons and, you know, all these other crafts. They're, they're not brand new. There have been people in doing them for hundreds of years. And um, so that kind of, you know, f- looking for that success, you just got to kind of find, you know, you got to balance. What we were talking about earlier, balancing. You got to balance that comfort. You got to balance that excitement. You got to balance that fear um, and just know that if you – keep pushing and keep doing the right things, you know, it's going to come out, you know, it's going to work out. And, um, and know that's probably sounds like a cliche, but um, it's, it's, I I think, you know, fear is definitely a thing that people use as an excuse instead of uh, a force.
2: Well, and so, so to kind of go all the way back to our initial big idea, which is slightly tongue in cheek. Sure. Sure. You know, don't go, don't go to college, but, but what you really are talking about is it's not about the learning experience in an institution that is either bad or good. It is, do you allow yourself to learn? Do you assi- allow yourself to find your people? And, and I love that, what you said, you know, Jess, about you know, maybe there's all these negative people out there, but they ain't coming to your house for dinner. Right. Right. And so you find people that help to push you. You find people that help to support you in the areas that you're not comfortable with.
0: Yeah. And you find people that, um, you know, a lot of the people that we hang out with are other small business owners. And it's not necessarily, it, 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 you know, it didn't really, it wasn't a plan of ours, but it just sort of happened, you know, with, you know, with the way things were going and, and you want to surround yourself with the people that you want to be like, you know, so you mm-hmm. don't you know, you're obviously not going to surround yourself with negativity because you're trying to, you know, go forward and do good stuff. But, you know, you surround yourself with those people that, you know, you found somebody that purchased property, or started a business, hang out with them, take them out to dinner, ask them some questions. Hey, can we meet for a coffee or something like that? We
1: love free coffee.
0: But, you know, I mean, I mean, and I, you know, I have, you know, through social media, you know, I, there's, you know, I have upholsters all over the world that'll, you know, send me a question. Oh, this is a stupid question. But, you know, I've put it out there. Hey, ask me. No matter what it is, about poultry business, about doing a poultry, whatever, we're here to make sure that others succeed. Um, because if I can help someone else succeed in this craft or another craft, it helps the, cra- the craft as an entirety. You know, it's not right. just you know. And I don't really see um, even if you're you know two woodworkers, you're not in competition for each other unless you make it a competition. You can work together. I mean, there are plenty of customers for everybody. There's plenty of different styles. You know, someone may do one thing one way and another one another way, and you're both woodworkers or you're both, you know, hairstylists or whatever you are, but you can feed each other. You know, we have, um, there's jobs that come to us. People call us all the time for stuff. And I'm like, I don't do that, but there's a guy that does this really well and we send him to work. Or there's a gal that does this job over here and, and they do really work or, or whatever it is. And, and you're dispersing th- that amongst other people that um, kind of build your network up. And then people aren't looking at each other as competition because it doesn't. It doesn't. You know that's just how I've always looked at it. It doesn't have to be you know one against the other. Yeah. You know you can come together and work together to make everything. You know whether you're like you know one guy's charging uh, uh, fifty bucks for something, another person's charging two hundred dollars for something, and it's like you know the two hundred dollar guy hates the fifty dollar guy because it's too cheap. The fifty dollar guy hates the two hundred dollar guy because it's too expensive, and it's like you know they. Come together, bring you know, work together as a unit. and then they kind of develop something for their industry in a, in a whole as a whole, you know. So it isn't, you know, people thinking, oh, that guy's cheap because he's no good, you know. It's it's that guy's cheap because maybe his overhead isn't as high, you know, or maybe um, you know they 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 don't have the experience and the confidence to charge more, you know. So there's lots of different things you can gain from instead of being, oh, there's another person oh, they there doing the same thing I'm doing. Instead of being like I got to put up a wall and they're my competition, you're like, no, go and knock on their door and be like, how are you doing? What you're doing? I want to do that, and more than likely they're probably gonna be like, yeah, I, I would love to, you know, help and share that information with you. I don't. Yeah,
1: bad things don't normally happen when you're building up community. Yeah. So you know, normally good stuff comes out of it. You know, like with us when we first started, we were working you know, by ourselves in a very small area, Um, didn't really have the chance to, like, pick other upholsters' brains, you know, so we just kind of Very closed,
0: tight-lipped industry. Yes,
1: you know, so we just did the things that we had you know, learned or figured out from various mistakes or whatnot, and then now that we have hired people you know, they have come in and been like oh, well, where I worked before, this is how I did this, and we'll sit down and be like, well, why did you do it that way? Oh, that actually is even better than our way or the other way around, you know, or we're all you know, this is this is how we do something, and they, they just go, wow, oh, that's so, awesome,
0: yeah. And, and so I mean, I, I think that you know, college is a great thing for somebody who is going to, uh, who knows that it's going to be good for them. But but I think that a lot of people are kind of um, uh, pressured into it. You know, you're in high school and you're trying to make decisions, and you may be doing really well in school or, or maybe not. You know, and and you know, and all of a sudden it comes toward the end of the year, and it's like you're going to graduate, and they're like, what are you going to do now? And that's kind of like you know, getting that that, like, you know, rug pulled out from under yeah. you. You know, you spent the past 12 or more years um, with this kind of security blanket of knowing what you're going to be doing every day, and then all of a sudden everybody's just like, make a decision now for the rest of your life, go. And mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, that's not mm-hmm. fair. You know, that's not fair to anybody, and it certainly doesn't help somebody choose a good life path. So, you know, I think that... Um, you know, instead of uh, teaching to a test, they might f- focus on teaching towards the individual, you know, and trying to, I mean, schools should be filtering people into positions instead of funneling them into something.
2: Well, and, and speaking about that sort of individuality, to wrap things, you know, up here, I think it's very important that folks that are listening, and it doesn't matter, again, you know, it's like, I went to school. Oh, no, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but what we're talking about here goes so far beyond that, because what it What it means to me and what I hear from you guys is that we have to remember, particularly in the age that we're in now, there is no path. There is no traditional way to do things now. There is no golden ring anymore. There is only each individual's ability to work within or without the context of their community. Right. And so for you guys, I love to hear that sort of willingness to openly communicate both your successes and your struggles. Your willingness to share, like, what you've learned specifically within your craft, but also, like, as a business, that could inform others regardless of what they are doing.
0: Right. Yeah. You can get a lot of information from people that are around you.
2: Yeah. So you build a good group and you listen to them. And then you try to help others as well. Uh, where can folks learn more about uh, you all um, and, and Crown Upholstery? And, like, just, you know, yeah, where, where can folks find you?
0: Um, you know, we, are, of course, we've got a website that's old school info at We're on Instagram, um, is probably our most um, used social media um, at Crown Upholstery. Um, we do have a TikTok page. And uh, only because I thought that we should probably get on that platform. You never know where things are going to go. I mean, you know, we we don't have an active MySpace page anymore, but, um, you know, I don't know what Tom's up to <laughs> nowadays, but, um, you know, the, the uh, yeah, so the Instagram is probably the most active, active way to, to see what we're up to. Mm. And, and I always encourage people, you know, I mean, ask questions, you know, you, like I said, you see people that you want to be like, attach yourself to those people, you know, you you make your make yourself useful to those people in some way and and they will want to be with you and that's sort of building your community so
2: no i think that's that is beautiful you guys are a wonderful sort of example of you know the people that are doing big work here in Knoxville so if you're not listening from Knoxville Knoxville is known as the maker city and one of the things that we make is more people that make right make, make connections. We make, make, make connections. Yeah. You make people. You make smarter. And I encourage everybody to follow, um, follow Jess and Wes's lead. It's like learn something, understand that your path is your path, and that like, and I, and I think you know it's sort of like riding that fear out.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, and just accept things. I mean, we accepted long long ago that we were never going to be rich, financially. Um, but we have our own time and we're able to now provide um, that same lifestyle for other people. And I mean, I, when my head hits the pillow, I feel really good about that.
2: Awesome. Well, I hope y'all feel really good about meeting Wes and Jess. This is Chris McAdoo. as always honored to be in your ears with the Big Ideas Welcome podcast.
0: Y'all, let's get to work. Thanks for listening to the Big Ideas Welcome podcast. This show is produced and edited by Anthony Palmer and is part of the Palm Tree Podco Network of Podcasts. Big Ideas Welcome is hosted by Chris McAdoo and brought to you by the Knoxville Entrepreneur Center, a nonprofit business accelerator located in the heart of downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. You can learn more at knoxcc.com and submit your own big ideas and entrepreneurial adventures at madefornoxville.com.